630 Chad Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins. Weekdays at 6 on 630 Chad. The game is over when the final buzzer sounds. The analysis ends when you say it does. This is Overtime Open Line. Interviews, analysis, and your opinion. Oilers Hockey is brought to you by World of Spas. And now, the Heartland Ford Overtime Open Line. Here's Reed Wilkins on Oilers Radio, 630 chair. Stay locked up the right-hand side. Big rally on Wednesday. Gagne got a high-slot tip for the tying goal in the third period. And the Oilers got a point. Cross ice. Suter to Spurgeon, and he scored. Squeezing a backhander through Miko Koskinen. It is Jared Spurgeon with a natural hat trick for the Minnesota Wild. That was his second goal of the game. Minnesota's fourth turns out to be the game winner as the Wild knock off the Oilers 5-3 tonight at Rogers Place. Man, let's hope the Oilers don't wind up playing Minnesota in the playoffs. They go 3-0 against the Oilers this season. Two wins in Minnesota earlier this year and then 5-3 tonight. Thanks a lot for tuning in. It's 10-10. Reed Wilkins live in Studio 99. Overtime open line courtesy Heartland Ford. You'll be hearing from Oilers head coach Dave Tippett in a couple of minutes as the Oilers drop to 32-22-7 on the season. They remain a point behind the Vegas Golden Knights for first place in the Pacific Division and uh, kind of a disappointing little two-game mini homestand here for the Oilers as they got an overtime loss, hard-fought game against Boston on Wednesday, but unable to get it done against the Wild tonight. In Minnesota, they're going to be an interesting team to watch here over the final quarter of the season. They're now 9-4-1 in their last 13 games, three points out of a playoff spot, which is still tough ground to make up in the way points are handed out in the NHL these days, but they're hanging around. They uh, played a pretty good energetic game tonight they got four of their five goals from defensemen and what's interesting is it through a, a coaching change that the wild have put together this little run the, they're two and one under dean evison they were seven three and one in the last 11 games coached by bruce boudreau bit of a shocker tonight at claire drake arena the ubc thunderbirds have beaten the alberta golden bears three two in overtime in game one of their best of three canada west semi-final the shots in this game were 53-17 for the Golden Bears. UBC got one shot in overtime, and it went in and ended the game. So game two is tomorrow at 7 at Claire Drake Arena, and the Bears are now hoping to force a third and deciding game Sunday at 7. But we'll touch on that one a little bit more as we go along tonight. This game started almost perfectly, almost perfectly for the Edmonton Oilers. Yamamoto, who continues to play well, sets up Ryan Nugent Hopkins. 50 seconds into the game, the Oilers have a 1-0 lead. Kevin Fiala tied it, collecting a rebound and scoring on Koskinen. Nugent Hopkins scored again, and it was 2-1 Edmonton. Susie got a goal for the Wild in the second period. And then Dreisaitl, a really funny one. He's centering the puck, and I've seen goals go in off defensemen in front of the net before. I don't know if I've ever seen one go in from that far away I mean Greenway's foot was at the bottom of the circle and uh, the puck hit his skate and flipped up in the air and Stalock was moving across and couldn't get back in time to knock it down so three goals from the Oilers top line which uh, overall was by far the Oilers best line in the game couldn't get anything from the depth players tonight couldn't get a power play goal when they needed it down a goal the Oilers did get a power play with uh, 3.49 left in the third. Spurgeon got a penalty for tripping 
Caleb Jones behind the Minnesota net, and uh, the Oilers couldn't pull through with the man advantage. I, I think tonight we really saw some of the injuries starting to catch up to the Oilers with, with six guys out, including some important players, obviously McDavid, Clefbaum, Cassian at, at the top of that list. And you can survive that for uh, a little bit. It's it's hard to survive it over an extended period. Six games now without McDavid. Still a decent record. Still some impressive victories in there going 3-2-1 and one over those six games. But you've seen some players uh, have to elevate in the lineup or play in the NHL when they haven't been playing in the NHL most of the season. And uh, I think that started to show a little bit tonight for the Oilers. I, I thought the... Uh, the fourth line of Cave, Kara, and Patrick Russell had, had some really tough moments, especially through the first half of the game. Shane Benson and Archibald weren't their uh, usual selves tonight. I mean, we've, we've come to expect pretty consistent uh, energy and responsible play from Shane and Archibald. Tougher game for them. Now, Archibald did take an elbow to the face from Susie in the first period. He was cut on the play. No penalty was called. He came back for the second intermission. Wearing a, wearing a face shield, but uh, some, that probably affected Archibald's game tonight. But uh, the depth guys weren't able to, even when those guys haven't been scoring, when we've seen the Oilers do well here lately, they've played a responsible game. They've advanced the puck from one zone to the next. They've been able to get a forecheck on uh, going a little bit, but we didn't see a lot of that tonight, and it all adds up to a 5-3 loss for the Edmonton Oilers, who remain in a very tight playoff race. Calgary lost tonight, so they couldn't make up any ground. Boston wins that one 4-3. Calgary jumped out to a 3-1 lead in the first period, but by the end of the first, Boston had come back to make it 3-3, and Brad Marchand would score 52 seconds into the second period for what uh, turned out to be the game winner in that one. So now the Oilers hit the road. Los Angeles Sunday, Anaheim Tuesday and the Vegas Golden Knights on Wednesday. And Connor McDavid's going on the road trip. He's practiced the last two days. Looks very close to playing. And I would think if he's going on the road trip, he's, he's playing on the road trip. So I would expect him that if he doesn't return on Sunday, he'll return Tuesday against the Ducks. You can reach us at 780-496-0063. That is the number to both call and text. No Rob Brown tonight, so just read Fly and Solo in Studio 99. Happy to hear from you. You're also going to hear from Kyler Yamamoto, who continues to impress and was one of the positives in this game for the Oilers. He gets two assists. He's back up to a point a game since he was called up. 20 games, 9 goals, 11 assists for 20 points. And what is so good about Yamamoto, and again we saw evidence of it over and over again tonight. He's just one of those players who is around the play all the time. Always seems to be involved. Either he has the puck, he's in front of the net making a nuisance of himself. He's keeping plays alive. We saw another play in the second period tonight where looks like Minnesota's going to get the puck out. He pursues the puck carrier, lifts a stick, turns around, keeps the play alive, got it to Dreisaitl, who got it back to Yamamoto, and that was the setup to uh, Nugent Hopkins, who went backhand and just slid it wide through the crease as he was looking for the hat trick. Nugent Hopkins has to settle for two goals and an assist tonight. So, yeah, Yamamoto was good. Nugent Hopkins on the score sheet. Uh, you know, Dreisaitl plays another 24 and a half minutes, goes plus two with two points, only one shot on goal, but he had five others blocked. He goes... 16 out of 19 in the face-off circle for 68%. So that line was humming, but the Oilers missing uh, other contributions from the lineup. And, and I think really the first game you sit here and saying, man, if if McDavid, Cassian had played, maybe Neil, maybe it's a different outcome. And 
the power play, which still is number one in the league, so it's hard to complain about, but you're basically missing half the power play, and here's why I say that, because the Oilers have basically used six players on the power play. McDavid, Nugent Hopkins, Dreisaitl, Clefbaum, and then Neal and Chason have kind of split being the net front guy when they both be in the lineup. So Neal, McDavid, and Clefbaum all out of action. Nurse on the point, he got, uh, and then Bear came on after him in the second wave. You saw Yamamoto start on the power play. Gagne would come on to replace him. So you're missing McDavid and everything he can do. That's hurt the the zone entries to some extent. Uh, Clefbaum is better on the point um, than Nurse is, I think primarily because he's a better passer. And then, you know, Yamamoto obviously has done done a, a good job on the power play. And uh, now Chason's though totally relied on to be the net front guy and no spelling off with, uh, with Neal along the way. So I think... The power play had a couple opportunities tonight. Again, that one late in the third period could have tied it. Weren't able to come through. Spurgeon was in the penalty box, and then shortly after the Wild kill that off, Spurgeon comes out of the penalty box, gets the breakaway, and finishes off his natural hat trick. Okay, we'll get to your reaction in a couple of minutes. Let's go down to the Hall of Fame room for GCL Diesel. Genuine diesel parts and turbochargers at great prices. GCLDiesel.com. Here's Oilers head coach Dave Tippett. Dave, what are your general impressions on the game? Leon's line was really good. You know, we uh, finally killed did a decent job again. Just couldn't sustain enough offense throughout of it. And, uh, you know, we had, I think we had as many shots blocked as we had on the net. So that's probably a sign of their desperation and us not getting the job done, getting pucks through. Uh, Dave, uh, Leon said that uh, the cult loss was kind of on them, that you guys gave up too many preventable goals was, was his, the word that he used. Do you, do you agree with that, Assess? Uh When you give up four, that's too many. Give up four, that's too many. I mean, the fourth one is uh, kind of a nothing play that goes off Larson sticking in. I mean, it's, you're looking for, uh, you know, the margin for error is, is uh, you know, in every game is slim, but you give up four. You got to score five. That's just that's too many. So too many against. So Dave, when you only have the one line that's really doing something offensively, are you hoping something comes alive as the game's wearing on? But that line kept the puck in their end most of. You, you, you're hoping somebody comes alive, or we don't. The other lines don't get scored on. And right? they got scored on. What's that? And they got scored on. One did, yeah. One did a lot. Dave, how would you uh, assess the play of your, your goaltender tonight? Uh, made a huge save at the end of the second period for us on a on a uh, breakaway, keep us in the game. Made some big saves on the PK, but there's probably a, a couple of good screen ones that you think that you should have, but if you're watching a replay, the guys, they, they pass through right at the right time. And the fourth one is a tough one because it, if, if Larson doesn't deflect it, it probably doesn't go in. You know, so, but that's that's where we are. That's we just we got to regroup. We're going to practice tomorrow morning before we leave, and we'll uh, we got to go on the road and find a way to get some points. All right, that is Oilers head coach Dave Tippett as the Oilers fall tonight 5-3 to the uh, Minnesota Wild, and he made the comment there, uh, the one line getting scored on a lot. Well, uh, Benson, Shane, and Archibald winding up minus three tonight, and uh, Jujar Kara also took a minus three this evening. So a tough night for some of the players. 
who uh, couldn't uh, really generate a lot of zone time, a lot of offense, and plus weren't able to prevent goals this evening as the Wild pull out a 5-3 victory. That means a $75 donation to 630 Chet Santa's Anonymous, courtesy Ascendant Financial. When the name of the game is life, there's Ascendant Financial. Visit CoveredAlberta.ca. They've give $25 for every goal the Oilers score throughout the season. Thanks to Ascendant Financial for that. All right, 780-496-0063. We will welcome Chris to the show. Chris, thanks a lot for calling. Go ahead. How's it going, Reedy? Good. Uh, Reed, I got a question for you, buddy. Um, I'm not freaking Reed to the users, but uh, I predicted Dallas in the Kellen, we're going to have to check that connection. I, I, I can't make out what uh, Chris was saying, so we'll try to get him on here in a second. Do we have Harry standing by? Let's try Harry instead. Harry, are you there? Go ahead. Yep. Reed, I, I think the time has just come for Tippett to make a clear decision on who his goalie is going to be. we got so many teams clustered around us. We have to pull away, and it just seems like every time we make a bit of progress, it's like, okay, we got to throw Costin a bone. And I remember talking to you about a week ago, and I think, you know, watching Costin today, the one thing that gets me is when he goes side to side, he doesn't stop on his skate blade. He slides around on his pads, and he slides way out of position. But, again, it's just it's these preventable goals that really, uh, I don't know what goal number it was. Was it? three or four, the one that Spurgeon put in that went just short side on Koskinen's right side. Yeah, like, that was the fourth I'm goal. Sorry, man. You're six foot seven. You can't let that puck in at this stage of the game. Well, I'll tell you what. Uh, even counting tonight, Smith has started five of the last seven games. I imagine he'll yeah. start two of the three of the road trips, so that's going to be seven out of ten for Smith. Is that not a adequate split at this time you know what i would say at this point in time reed if it was me i would run smith until the wheels fall off of him and it, it's like he has just a bad game then give him a reset but we got to bank some points we don't want to be in a position at the end of the season where maybe we miss by two to four points and they're going to sit there and scratch their heads and wonder hey I wonder if we could have won this Minnesota game when we arguably had at least two bad goals go in on them. Again, you know, glove high on the shot from the top of the, the dot. You can't let that. You can't let that shot go in. Yeah. See, I'm, I'm going to challenge you there, Harry, because I, I think okay. you're, you're you're crapping on Costin because of the last 20 games last season, where everything went in over the glove. I, I mean, watch the highlights tonight. Every there there will be goals over the glove. This has not been an epidemic problem for Koskinen this season. Now, now I agree. Out of the first three, they're all kind of from mid-range. You'd like one of them to be stopped for sure. Yeah. But, but I think if you're harping on the glove, you're, you haven't gotten over last season. So I'm going to challenge you there. Okay, we'll agree to disagree on that one, Reed. <laughs> Have a good night. All right, that is Harry at 780-496-0063. Oilers lose 5-3 
to the Minnesota Wild. Big night for the Edmonton native. Jared Spurgeon gets a natural hat trick. Here's Spurgeon, courtesy BDO, first call, debt solutions, bankruptcies and consumer proposals, license insolvency trustees. Uh, how far did you make your dad drive for this? Uh, uh, it's about 15 minutes, 25 in rest hours. So uh, it's pretty special. Uh, grandparent, grandma's watching, sister and my niece are here. Um, family watching, so yeah, it's, it's pretty awesome. He didn't go to Vancouver, he just uh, met up with yeah, you. Yeah, he stayed here, he had some work to do, so uh, mm -hmm. I was able to go home last night and have some mm -hmm. dinner and with everyone, but yes, yeah, it's, it's pretty special. You said your grandmother and sister were here? Uh, no, okay. my grandma's at home watching with my aunt and uncle, but my sister and niece and brother-in-law are here with my mom and dad, so yeah, it, was, it was awesome, and even to get the win too, to keep climbing in the standings is even better. How about just the block shots tonight, 28, season high? Yeah, uh, I think in the first two periods we had a lot of odd man rushes against and we had to had to block them so I think in the third we started to clean that up and that's when we started to hold on to the puck more and get more chances. Yeah. What was that just rhythm like one after the other for you with the goals? Did you kind of have a feel that I the did. pucks were going in tonight? I didn't even notice uh, <laughs> honestly. Um, the first one we had a good long shift in the ozone and it uh, just popped out to me and the second one just threw it on net and went in and uh, obviously empty netters a nice way to have end it. Being shorthanded, I mean, losing guys throughout the game, that that type of resiliency and effort, especially from the who was left on the blue line. Yeah, um, I think as a group we Seuss, miss Seuss. Uh, he was having a great game as well, and he's been playing great. But um, we all just came together, and the forwards as well. We were doing a great job backtracking in the third there, giving us good gaps and outs out of our end. Mm -hmm. It's been a hectic week from last Friday to this Friday. And how has the group kind of settled in and handled that with some uncertainty still for three more days, I guess? Yeah. Um, I think it's nice that we could get on the road and distraction with the mentors and dads mm -hmm. here to uh, relax and not think about that. So it's been a fun, fun last couple of days, and uh, we gotta get home and continue to play the way we've been playing. You guys can ask to keep them around. They seem to be the couple. Of <laughs> I know uh, they're always there in spirits. So, uh, we'll we'll have a lot of fun with them tonight and then mm -hmm. regroup tomorrow. How many goals did you get? Read this, Jared Spurgeon. All right, Kyle Morris in the Wild dressing room. The uh, father's trip for the Minnesota Wild. They got to see a victory tonight in Edmonton. Spurgeon, the star, no doubt about it tonight. He winds up with a hat trick for Minnesota. Ryan Nugent Hopkins named the second star. Kyler Yamamoto picked the third star tonight as he continues to impress for the Oilers. The Wild win at 5-3. Travis and Skyler up next on the phone lines. You'll also hear from Kyler Yamamoto. We're live in Studio 99. Overtime Open Line presented by Heartland Ford. Oilers Hockey is brought to you by World of Spas. This is the Heartland Ford Overtime Open Line. Here's Reed Wilkins on Oilers Radio 630 Chad. But ultimately stripped by Greenway. Home run play. Parisi breakaway. Rister save. Koskinen. Huge stop by Miko Koskinen on Zach Parisi. Two seconds before the horn. And we will remember that one. Yeah, dramatic play right at the end of the second period. It was tied 3-3. Parisi, a breakaway denied by Koskinen. His save of the game for Jiffy Lube. Be wise, winterize. However, Koskinen would get beat in the third period. Empty netter as well for the Wild as they win at 5-3 to go 3-0 against the Oilers this season. Uh, we had Harry calling about Koskinen. Look, Smith has outplayed Koskinen the last two months. There's no doubt about that. Koskinen outplayed Smith the, probably the six weeks before that, and they were both pretty good for about the first four or five weeks of the season. Um, I, I understand everything Harry is saying. What, you know, Koskinen's a big goalie when he gets off his post or pucks sneak by him. 
you know, that's a little frustrating. I just, I just think we're past saying Miko Koskinen can't stop a shot um, glove side. I mean, late last season, it was happening multiple times a game and adding up to multiple goals a week that was going over the glove. Af- and there were several glove saves he made handily tonight. Now, he didn't make enough saves. He needed one more stop in this one, and, and maybe it's going to overtime. And uh, I realize in the NHL, a lot of shots go right in off the post or under the crossbar. But there's a lot of saves that might have been going in under the post or, or under the crossbar and just inside the post. And Smith's been making more of those saves. So I do agree Smith has outplayed Koskinen. I don't think Koskinen's glove is any more a, a, a massive weakness that is costing multiple goals over over the course of a week. That's uh, that's what I would say to that. But no doubt, Smith has been the better goalie. He will play more. Like I said, if he plays two of the three on the road trip, that's that'll be seven starts in ten games. I don't think that's you know I don't think that's inappropriate usage for Koskinen if he if he's playing thirty percent of the time. Seven eight zero four nine six zero zero six three. We will see what Travis thinks. Travis, thanks a lot for calling. Go ahead. Hey, how's it going? Uh, I just wanted to ask, like, back in the last time we made the playoff run, uh, we had guys like Spinny in there laying down in front of pucks. And I think the way that we're deflecting pucks right now, that's the way to get goals. So I'm wondering why guys are not, why Tippett doesn't have guys laying down in front of pucks and taking the shots. If you're going to screen the goalie and not let him make a save when the opposition has no one to pass to, why are we not laying down in front of pucks and using our entire body to block them? Well, I, I, I don't think players block shots that way anymore, Travis. I mean, how many, how often do you see a guy go down on his side like Craig McTavish or Craig Ludwig used to do? Now they just kind of get in the lane and, and try to take the lane away. Yeah, but I mean, that was the way that we, you know, we were we were blocking a lot of shots at that point, and that was really good for us in the last playoff run. You're going back all the way to 2006? Yeah. Yeah, well, I mean, obviously, sure, you, you need commitment and, and sacrifice and, and blocking shots is one of those little details that can help you win games. You, like, do you actually think this is a major weakness on the team, that they don't block enough shots? Well, I'm, I mean, if you're going to get in front of a goalie and stop him when the opposition has no pass, you might as well sacrifice yourself for it. Okay. Either that or step aside and let the goalie make the save, right? Right. All right. Well, yeah, something to keep an eye on. Thanks, Travis. Appreciate it. 780-496-0063 for tonight. Uh, Minnesota did block way more shots than the Oilers. They had 26 blocks. The Oilers had 13. The shots on goal were 39-26 in favor of the Wild, who win the game 5-3. It was a two-point night for Kyler Yamamoto, who continues to make an impact. Here's Yamamoto for GCL Diesel. Genuine diesel parts and turbochargers at great prices. GCLDiesel.com. Yeah, they were they were definitely a competitive tonight. Um, you know, so it's a tough loss. And we need to tighten some things up. Because you're lying like Leon said, tons of chances in the first 40 minutes at least to get even more of the goals. I would like to maybe get a couple of Leon said, a couple more. Yeah, definitely. I mean, it definitely would have helped us out. Um, you know, maybe it would have pushed us over the top, but, um, you know, yeah, we got to bear down on our chances. Uh, we did have a lot of chances, and uh, I definitely need to start bearing down on, you know, chances and plays and stuff like that. Uh, there's no substitution for experience in this league. The team over there is highest average age in the National Hockey League. Did 
Did he simply come down to experience and their willingness to come back and fight the uh, I think we just had a couple, um, you know, tough breakdowns, um, you know, things that we can tighten up pretty easily. Um, but I thought we played hard, um, you know, just didn't come out on top. Sounds like a lot of the reflection between you guys is internal, not necessarily what they did, but you guys did. Leon said you guys shot yourself in the foot, so it's very correctable. Yeah, yeah, I mean, uh, it's just things, you know, we'll look at video tomorrow, um, you know, things pretty correct pretty easily um you know so i think if we correct those um, you know we're in a pretty, pretty deadly team so we just gotta fix those things and yeah all right it's kyler yamamoto oilers lose 5-3 to the minnesota wild you can also text 780-496-0063 brian says uh the shot over costin's glove you could see on tv he was screened blaming the goalie for this loss is a cop-out the oilers lost because they missed 10 point blank chances Another texter says uh, the Oilers played their weaker goalie tonight. Terrible decision by Dave Tippett. That's Mark writing in. And uh, Anish says, uh, hearing this latest fan ripping Koskinen, but he's doing everything he can do to win the games. I feel that the Oilers do need to make a move at the deadline, especially in the D and the bottom six. Do you foresee any trades that Holland makes on Monday? How much would he be willing to pay for a rental towards this playoff push? He has said he will not trade the first-round draft pick for a rental. There was the report that he would have paid a first-round draft pick for Blake Coleman, who has over 20 goals. This He's already been traded, but he had over 20 goals playing for a really bad team in New Jersey. And he's under contract next year, and his contract is $1.5 million. So that, that's something um, that Holland would have sacrificed the first-round draft pick for. I, I think they'll probably add a depth forward. I know Tyler Ennis is game is uh, is out there uh, and we'll see if uh, if he's able to be somebody that uh, Ken Holland could acquire anyway 780-496-0063 we have Skyler on the line as well Skyler thanks a lot for calling thanks Reed how's it going good how are you well it's bad uh, he's got a couple quick comments tonight. Um, I think it's been great to see some of our cops play some meaningful hockey as compared to a couple years ago where might have some injuries, guys come up, and it's it's not as competitive. But good to see those guys come up. And uh, also, I'd encourage anybody to go out to Clear Jack this weekend and watch some good hockey. Yeah, I'm going tomorrow. Did you go tonight? I didn't make it out tonight, but hopefully I'll make it out tomorrow. You heard the result tonight? I did, yeah. It's a bit of a stunner, isn't it? Yeah, it's unbelievable. All right. Thanks, Skyler. Enjoy clear, Drake. Yeah, take care. Yeah, UBC, uh, if you missed it, uh, beating the Golden Bears 3-2 in overtime. Shots were 53-17 for Alberta. UBC got one shot in overtime. It went in the net. So the Bears' season on the line tomorrow night. The scoreboard presented by Edmonton Trailer. Looking for parts, service, rentals, or new and used semi-trailers, head to edmontontrailer.com. There was another overtime game at Claire Drake today. It was the Pandas playoff game against UBC. It went to triple overtime, and Alberta won it 1-0. San Diego beating, uh, leading the Bakersfield Condors 3-1 with about eight minutes left in the third period. The Oil Kings lose 5-2 in Brandon. NHL tonight, I mentioned it earlier, Boston winning 4-3 in Calgary. St. Louis knocks off Dallas 5-1. Chicago beating the Nashville Predators 2-1 in overtime. The Islanders beat the Red Wings 4-1. Rangers knock off the Hurricanes 5-2. And with eight minutes left in the third, the Avalanche are up 1-0 on the Anaheim Ducks. The Toronto Raptors won tonight 118 
101. They were taking on the Phoenix Suns. Okay, 780-496-0063. We have Joe on the line. Joe, thanks a lot for calling. Go ahead. Hey, uh, thanks, Reed, for taking my call. Yep. Hey, I want to talk about the physicality tonight. Uh, I've noticed this a lot over the last, uh, certainly since January, with the home games the Oilers are playing, and then uh, especially tonight, even with uh, you know, the top six players out of the lineup, there's no physicality in tonight's game. And, uh, and I think that in the home rink, like all players, all 20 players on the ice need to bring that physicality game in and game out at home. And I just wanted to make that comment in regards to why I think they lost tonight is uh, no effort, no energy, no mental, physical um, capabilities of being ready to play tonight. Well, I'll tell you what, Joe. I, I mean, I, again, I, I thought that the the dry side of line had a lot of opportunities and they got three goals. Um, I, I, I don't know if it's just all effort. I mean, there there's a... The Oilers have three forwards playing who most of the year have been in the AHL or have been healthy scratches in the NHL. And I think sometimes when the more those players have to play, their lack of capability just catches up to them. You know what and I mean? That may, be, that may be true, but at the end of the day, is, is even in the uh, American Hockey League, well, that's a physical hockey league down there. And, and make no bones about it, the NHL today, if you're not physical and then playing physical every shift on the ice, regardless of puck possession and uh, zone possession, you've still got to play a physical game. And I didn't see that at all tonight. I was at, I, I was at that game tonight. And I was really disappointed in the fact that there was no physicality shown at any point of that game by the Oilers. Well, the the depth players didn't maintain any sort of a forecheck, and that's something they were able to do in times against Florida and Carolina on the weekend. Even if they weren't scoring, they they were grinding and they were keeping the puck out of the Oilers' end. And that wasn't happening tonight, and I thought there were some, some bad decisions with the puck by the third and fourth lines as well. And as, as I mentioned earlier, Shane, Archibald, and Benson all go minus three, and that, that's been a pretty reliable trio the last couple of games. So, yeah, I mean, they just, they, they didn't, the second half of the game especially, it just really got away from the Oilers. All right, 780-496-0063. We are looking for someone to finish the play as well at that number. Travis texting in, he says, Nurse has looked out a place on the top power play unit multiple occasions when he bobbled the puck at the blue line with no pressure on him and the team couldn't get reset. Might be time to try Bear there. What do you guys think? I would I would try Bear there. I think he's, he's better suited to that role. I think Tippett and the coaching staff didn't necessarily want to thrust him in there right away. He did come on halfway through the second power play. Uh, and I think that's the key to me is that Bear is a better passer than Nurse. And that's why he'd be better at keeping plays alive and being a little more deceptive running the power play from the top of the point. All right, you'll hear from Nugent Hopkins. He had two goals. The winning goaltender tonight, Alex Stalock. The new coach of the Wild is Dean Evison. All their post-game reaction coming up. We're live in Studio 99. The Wild take it 5-3. Overtime open line, courtesy Heartland Ford. Live Oilers Hockey is brought to you by World of Spas. This is the Heartland Ford Overtime Open Line. Here's Reed Wilkins on Oilers Radio, 630 Chad. Jared Spurgeon, natural hat trick for the Minnesota Wild. He's the first star of this game. Susie and Fiala also scored for Minnesota. Nugent Hopkins with two for Edmonton. Dreisaitl had the other one. Shots 39-26 for the Wild. Alex Stalock is your winning goaltender. Miko Koskinen takes the loss. His record 
record now 16-12-2 on the year. Let's go back down to the visitor's dressing room for BDO First Call Debt Solutions. Bankruptcies and consumer proposals, license insolvency trustees. His third game as head coach of the Wild, Dean Evison. Two big wins, and then to see the dads, all the guests lined up after the game down by the locker room and celebrate with the kids, that had to be pretty cool. Yeah, it gives you goosebumps. Just as you're talking and saying it, it gives me goosebumps. And, uh, to look around the room after um, and to see all the jerseys and, and um, the, the huge smiles on dads and mentors. And, uh, yeah, it, it's special for sure. Um, very special. Did you recognize Did you come around? <laughs> yeah, talk to Billy. <laughs> did you did you recognize just uh, how special this was for the Alberta guys, uh, both Spurgeon and Susie, and the and the applause they both got? Yeah, no, <laughs> <laughs> no. I mean, uh, like obviously we know where they're from, but I mean, when uh, when it's going on, it's like you know play. But man, both were. I mean, Seuss is shot, and obviously Spurge is Spurge. He's just an amazing, amazing player. How uh, beneficial was it when Luke went out that you had all these centers in the lineup? To yeah. Him? You know, it, 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 it is. It's uh, it's so nice. You can bump guys up and down. And um, Hartsey played a little bit of center, and um, Galley played mm-hmm. a little bit of center. And um, we had a, a real, uh, um, you know, scramble fest going there in the third but the guys were committed and um, just it didn't matter who we called up um, they just played and, and uh, played the right way so it's very encouraging. They really had trouble getting into the zone uh, a lot of the second half of the game what were you guys doing on their zone entries? Just committed mm-hmm. I think the guys were very committed um, the dry cells line was just eating us up I mm-hmm. mean eating us up and and I think we really committed to um, playing better defense. We we were getting opportunities, so we were able to to reinforce that in between periods. That we're getting our chances, guys. Just just let's let's tighten up in all areas. And the neutral zone was real good. And the block shots. Block shots were great. Um, sorry, Sarah. The block shots were uh, um, the same thing. Um, when you talk about your commitment defensively. Um, in order to get, keep them out of the zone, your commitment when they get in the zone to, to do the right things and pay the price um, was real high. Do you guys have an update on Conan and Susie? Uh, both are upper body. That's all we got. Thanks. Thanks, Thanks. Coach. Thank the head coach of the Minnesota Wild who beat the Edmonton Oilers 5-3 tonight at Rogers Place. 780-496-0063. Troy is going to finish the play. Troy, welcome to the show, but first give me your thought. My thoughts, I was at the Boston game the other night, and it was a good game. This game, I actually had to work, so I was just watching it off and on. It just, it just it seemed like they didn't have their heart into it today. Just, They just didn't have the, the oomph power. Uh, hopefully next game, McDavid will be back. Uh, that was one of the questions I wanted to ask. Who will play with McDavid if he does play on Sunday? Ooh, that's a good question. Yeah, well, it'll be Benson and somebody else because Cassian won't be there. No. Like, it's interesting. I wonder if they would put him with... Uh, I wonder if they'd put him with Archibald. I think they, they would probably put him with Archibald and then maybe Gagne to start. Gagne? Okay. I thought maybe that, Gagne, uh, maybe Benson. I thought maybe Benson, but... Yeah, I think Benson's possible. I'm just thinking, wasn't that the line? I'm just looking through, back through my notes here. I'm sorry, I can't find the game, Troy. But he did play with Archibald before. I, I think Archibald would probably be an automatic, given how he is played. Okay. 
Yeah. And then maybe just Gagne because of his experience and you might rotate Benson in there to give him a shot. That's, I mean, I don't think you'd put Kara or Chase on up there necessarily. So that's, I, 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 wouldn't, I Yeah. I wouldn't think so either. I just, is, yeah. Do you think he'll be ready for Sunday's game? Oh, if it's not Sunday, it's Tuesday. That's that's and, and again, Troy, I don't have anything. They're they're pretty careful with what they say and what they they tell us with this player, especially. But wh- yeah. he's not he's not going on the road trip just to practice. I don't think. Yeah. I think he's pretty close. And I'll tell you what, tomorrow is two weeks from the injury because it was that Saturday game against Nashville, and yep. Tuesday is two weeks since they told us it was going to be two to three weeks. So, but they both make sense. I I. I I, I got a sneaking suspicion it'll be Sunday because he look he looks pretty normal. He looks like McDavid at practice, if you know what I mean. Well, that's, yeah, that's good to hear. Okay, let's quickly finish the play, Troy. You already have up to eight days parking at Jet Set Parking. Best price on Edmonton Airport parking. Book online, jetsetparking.com. Self-park as low as $5.98 per day with the promo code CHED. 120 face-off. Face-off, and here's Bear with a drive that was stopped by Stalick, and then Yamo banked it off the goalpost. What a chance for Kyler Yamamoto. Yamamoto close there. Did he score tonight, Troy? Did he score tonight? Uh, no, he got he got two assists. You are correct. Your name's going into the grand prize draw for one hour at Fast Track Indoor Karting, valued at a thousand bucks. Safe adrenaline pumping fun. Fast Track Karting Edmonton.com. Oilers lose five three to the Wild. You're going to hear from Ryan Nugent Hopkins, who had two goals. Marcel, Paul, and Richard coming up on the phone lines. Overtime open line presented by Heartland Ford. Oilers hockey is brought to you by World of Spas. This is the Heartland Ford Overtime Open Line. Here's Reed Wilkins on Oilers Radio, 630 Chad. Jared Spurgeon, natural hat trick for the Minnesota Wild. They win 5-3 at Rogers Place. Both teams 0-2 on the power play. The Oilers' PK has climbed up to second in the NHL, right around 85%. 7-for-7 against Boston the other night. 2-for-2 tonight. Oilers had a late power play in this game. Could have given them the lead. They could not score. And then Spurgeon out of the penalty box into the empty net to seal it. Oilers at Los Angeles on Sunday. It's an 8 o'clock start. Our coverage will begin with the face-off show at 6. On Monday, we have a special trade deadline show from 11 a.m. until 3 p.m. on 6.30. Chad, we'll see if the Oilers make uh, any moves as we count down to the deadline. 780 0063 is how you can reach me here in Studio 99. We have Marcel standing by. Hey, Marcel, thanks for calling, man. Go ahead. Hey there. I just want to know, when is Ken Holland going to make that trade to improve our team and give McDavid that winger that we need? Well, he has to do it before Monday at 1. I don't don't know if he can... uh, I don't think they have the salary to necessarily trade for a high-caliber winger, Marcel. Is there anybody you were thinking about? Yeah, man. Who was I thinking about? Kreider. Kovalchuk. Oh. Well, Kovalchuk's interesting. He only makes $750,000, so the Oilers could fit him under the salary cap. Uh, you know, he uh, he's, would only be here likely till the end of the season. Holland just says he wouldn't give up the first-round pick for a rental. But uh, I, again, uh, I mean, Tatar is a guy who would be who would be great. I, I just don't think the Oilers would pay the price for that player if they're available. Um, 
And, and again, the Oilers are right up against the cap. So they got to add a player a million dollars or less. That's what I see happening here over the weekend. All right, let's go back down to the Oilers dressing room. Ryan Nugent Hopkins, two goals this evening. Here he is. Uh, yeah, I mean, I think uh, overall it wasn't a terrible game, but I think defensively we could have been a little sharper, a little bit quicker. Um, Gave him some time. A little too much time when they started rolling around. That kind of made them. Uh, um, I mean, when you have that much time, you start feeling good and uh, get some good opportunities. But um, I mean, we had some really good looks in the second as well. But couldn't find a way to extend that lead. Ryan, as Matthew mentioned, three different leads. Uh, but did today just simply come down and matching, or not willing to match their desperation level on the other side because they're fighting for their playoff? Uh, I mean, I, I think we're we're a desperate team too. But um, overall, I think maybe we could have pushed a little bit harder. But but, um, <clears throat> I mean, Miko, Miko stood tall in there, and uh, maybe it could have been the, uh, even worse. But I mean, uh, it wasn't it wasn't terrible. But I think uh, we 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 know we have better than that. All right, that's Ryan Nugent Hopkins. Uh, I got a text here from KDK. It says, "Be better, Reed. Using the salary cap as an excuse is a farce. Two teams in our division just found ways to get around tough cap situations. Well, I guess that's up for Ken Holland to do, KDK." Uh, the salary cap is not a farce. It's a rule. So if you have some ideas about what the Oilers could do, you're welcome to call or uh, send them in. Again, I, I think it's it's going to be tough to add a player who uh, costs a significant amount of money. And I believe the Oilers were, are, were closer to the cap than the two teams you're talking about. But uh, we'll see. I'm sure you have extensive National Hockey League general managing experience. <laughs> 7804960063 is the number to call or text. We have Paul on the line. Paul, thanks for calling. Go ahead. We lost Paul? Okay, no problem. Steve writes in. He says, uh, Koskinen saves that fourth goal. If Larson doesn't tip it in, people need to stop inflating Larson's value just to justify the Hall trade. And Koskinen and Smith stats are nearly identical. So the narrative that we have a definitive better goalie is simply false. Uh, on the season, fair enough. Uh, again, Smith has been the Smith has been the better goalie since the calendar changed to 2020. Koskinen was the better goalie for about six, seven weeks before that, and they were both pretty good off the start. So I think because of the the recent play, that's why a lot of people are wanting Smith to play more. Uh, I, I don't know. I don't think I don't think Larson's value is being inflated because of the Hall trade. I mean, that's that's in the past. I, I think Larson was brought in to do a, a pretty specific job. When he's playing well, he does it. He's had some struggles. Unfortunately, he's had some injuries. I think he's been playing pretty well uh, lately. And you know, I think he is who he is as he's primarily a, a defensive defenseman. I think everybody knew at the time that was going to be a, a, a tough trade. And I, I don't think anybody's trying to inflate Larson's value. I think he's just being talked about in, in relation to his, his potential. And when he plays at or near his potential, he's a pretty rugged defensive uh, defensive defenseman. All right, 780-496-0063 is how you can call or text. We're going to call a quick timeout. We're live in Studio 99. Oilers lose at 5-3. Overtime open line presented by Heartland Ford. Live Oilers Hockey is brought to you by World of Spas. This is the Heartland Ford Overtime Open Line. Here's Reed Wilkins on Oilers Radio, 630 Chad. Hey, thanks for tuning in tonight. The Oilers lose 5-3 to the Minnesota Wild, so Edmonton's record drops to 32-22-7. 
on the season. So here's how it looks now in the Pacific Division. Vegas leads the way with 72 points. The Oilers have a game in hand. They have 71 points. Vancouver, two games in hand on Vegas. One on the Oilers. They have 70 points. Winnipeg is in a wild card spot with 69 points. Calgary has 68 points to have the second wild card position. Arizona also has 68, but Calgary has games in hand, so they get placed higher. Nashville two points out at 66, and Minnesota hanging around with 65 points, three out, and Minnesota on a good little burst here. The victory tonight puts them to 9-4-1 and one in their last 13 games. Uh, there are trades starting to happen here around the National Hockey League. Uh, Kostya goes from Anaheim to Boston today. A bunch of defensemen were traded earlier in the week. Um, you, you know, again, I, I, I totally disagree with that texture who says the salary cap isn't an issue. I mean, Vegas, even with adding Martinez, is still uh, about $4.5 million under the salary cap. That's a, a totally different situation. Than, uh, than what the Edmonton Oilers are in. So, uh, you know, again, it, it, is, it is a factor for the Oilers. Uh, you know, Vancouver's listed with a, at about uh, $7 million of cap space. And uh, they were able to, to trade for to, to Foley. So, I mean, yes, it is general manager's job to get creative. Maybe there's a situation where, um, you know, can haul and trade for somebody and get that team to retain salary. Sure, but then you're probably giving that team some other asset or draft pick or prospect to try to get them to help you out uh, on the deal. I, I do expect the Oilers are going to make a move. Holland said he feels that the coaches and the players have put in their work and uh, done their job and that he wants to do his job and, and try to help them out. Here's how I see the Oilers. The, the Oilers are a good team. They are not a great team. They've, they've played some great games. They've had some great results. Um, but a night like tonight when they're uh, a little bit banged up and, uh, you know, you need a little bit more out of your depth players, they're, they're not quite there. And, you know, just some other spots of the lineup that, again, they're they're good, but they're not great. Are they in a situation where they can uh, do something to add a great player? I don't know. I don't. I, I think that's tough. Okay, I'm glad KDK wrote back. He says, here's an example for you. Put Russell on long-term injured reserve. Make a team with Detroit for Anathasiu where they retain salary or take back an additional player, Manning, for an additional pick. Obviously, picks prospects would be included for a player under control like Anathasiu. The Canucks literally had to move a player to LTIR to bring it to Foley. Vancouver put players on LTIR, and Vegas just traded Aikens. Uh, all right, well, that's fair. We'll see if they do that. I don't know what they're going to do with Chris Russell. He's back skating. So he did skate with the main group today. So maybe he's getting closer to playing, which is why they aren't going to put him on, uh, on LTIR. But I appreciate that you actually sent in a, a solution. As for the final part of your text, KDK, I'm not going to read it, but hopefully you know I was joking around with you, and he'll take that in stride. But maybe not. I don't know. I can tell you're pretty angry this evening. Minnesota Wild beat the Edmonton Oilers 5-3 tonight as Jared Spurgeon nets not just a hat trick, but a natural hat trick for the Minnesota Wild. You can call or text 780-496-0063. The winning goaltender in this game is Alex Stalock. He's standing by in the Wild dressing room. The way you guys came back this game and also the way that you guys sold out this game, 28 long shots and everything. Yeah, I think Spurge, uh, I had a flashback on some stalls. He had a big one in the second. Obviously, it must have taken a few as 
the end, but uh, it's commitment, that's what we talked about, and it's a message after the game. It doesn't matter who you're playing with. We're out here to win games, and you got it done. How fun was it to see the Alberta boys here in Spurs and Hattie and the yeah. Got loud when Sue scored. Boy, you could tell he had some fans here. And obviously, Spurgeon, the way he plays night in and night out, to get rewarded with some points is always a bonus, but I think he'd uh, say it, that uh, he'll take the win in the night of the week. Was that what you guys did just to contain them? Was the block shots? I mean, were guys getting in lanes? And you know, their, their top line is uh, a, a line that thrives off the rush, and then I think the rest of their lines play a game where they get in on the forecheck, they kick it up high and hope to pound pucks. And, um, you know, we, we talked in between periods. we got to eliminate the rush play with the, the dry side of the line. And we did the second half of the game and then, uh, you know, coming up with big blocks and uh, great penalty kills. It's... Uh, Resulted in a win tonight. You guys going to petition to keep the dads along for the ride? I don't know if they can hang in there, honestly. I think my dad's <laughs> knees about a month off. <laughs> yeah. Al, it's been like a hectic week since last Friday. How have you guys settled down and handled it? And has it been very business-like like you hope, especially with uncertainty for a couple more days, right? Yeah, but I think we in, a group, in here in a group want to put the message in, in the boss's head that we don't want to part ways and we want it to be this group to push forward. And You know, he's going to have to make a tough decision. But uh, the way we're playing right now, finding ways to win games. I think that's the biggest thing. We got two in a row, and not, it doesn't get easier going home. So. And you make some headway. Great, that's Alex Stalock. All right, Kyle Morris worked in the visiting dressing room tonight. Alex Stalock had a pretty solid game for the Wild, I thought. Made three or four good saves in the final six minutes of the game. Uh, stopped Ethan Bear on a shot. Stopped Darnell Nurse on a couple of setups from Darnell Nurse. And uh, yeah, he was slightly the better goaltender in this game. Uh, this texture says, do you think McDavid, do you think if this game would have been to clinch a playoff spot, McDavid would have played, even though he's not 100%? Well, I, I get, okay, I guess it would depend how late in the season it was. If this was game 82 to clinch a playoff spot, I think McDavid plays. If this was game 75, where you only need two points to clinch a playoff spot, Probably not, because then you'd, you'd still have six games to try to get it done. I think if this were a postseason game, even if it were game one of the playoffs, McDavid would have played. And again, I, I'm pretty certain that he plays one of the next two games. Shane says, this is a good question, will Bouchard be in the next game? If so, who comes out? Do they dress 7-D? That is a very good question. I would think Lagason would come out if they were to give Bouchard a shot. Uh, Lagason tonight played 12.55, doesn't play a ton. Uh, then that would give them another right shot in the lineup, though. I don't know if they're going to throw Bouchard in, Shane. That, that's a really good question. I don't know if they would be really unhappy with the play of any defenseman tonight where they would feel that they would have to make a change. I think that... It was probably the, the depth forwards that were a little more costly tonight towards the Oilers. We'll have to see where he lines up at practice tomorrow. Yeah, I mean, a lot of the prospects have come up and have, and have looked pretty good, and they haven't given anything definite about whether Bouchard would play. My gut would tell me that he probably wouldn't, but they'll practice at 11 tomorrow. And and uh, and we'll get an we'll get an update. Uh, you know, I thought Lagason has looked okay. I mean, he doesn't play a ton. Um, what did Benning play tonight? Benning played 12:34. He's not playing a lot either. They're they're going to ride with Nurse and Bear. 
uh, you know, Jones has stepped up and has done well. I thought actually Jones made some really confident-looking plays tonight. Uh, you know, the one texter called, wrote in, we debate about Larson, but, but he's going to get his minutes as well. Played 19.50 this evening. So I, I would think... You know, but then you might wind up, because you're going to leave Nurse and Bear together. Then you'd have Jones and Larson, and then Benning and Bouchard. Would you move, I don't know, would you potentially move Benning over to his offside to get Bouchard into a game? I'm not sure about that. They might stick with the lefty writings. But good question, and it, it would be interesting to see Bouchard, just because so many players have come up from the minors and been able to contribute, and he's obviously a top prospect. I don't think he's going to, he, he would stick around necessarily. But it, w- it would be interesting to get him into, into a game or two. And, and, and Shane, you also put out that other possibility. Could they dress 7-D? I mean, if McDavid is activated, I, I, I assume it would be Cave getting assigned back to Bakersfield. Um, and then, yeah, would you sit Patrick Russell or Kara possibly and put in a seventh defenseman? I guess that would be the formula if they went, if they went with that. Good question from Shane. 780-496-0063. We're going to take another timeout. The Oilers can't get it done tonight. They had the lead or were tied most of the night, but they fall 5-3 to the Minnesota Wild. Overtime open line, courtesy Heartland Ford. Oilers hockey is brought to you by World of Spas. This is the Heartland Ford Overtime Open Line. Here's Reed Wilkins on Oilers Radio, 630 Chad. All right, appreciate you tuning in tonight. Hope you've had a great Friday night despite the result here at Rogers Place. The Oilers lose 5-3 to the Minnesota Wild. Uh, we got a texter asking, how many points do you think it will take for the Oilers to clinch a playoff spot? Well, I'll tell you what, the Oilers at 71 points. I would think if they get to 94, given the way the, the race is going this season, that should get them in. So that's 23 points over their final 21 games. So just above 500. Now that would make it probably a little tense, but there there are some teams who, you know, Arizona hasn't done great lately. Uh, Calgary, costly loss for them tonight. They could have jumped up uh, into a tie with Vancouver and said they stay as the second wildcard team. So I, I would think if you get to 94, with the way the Pacific Division is going, you, you should be in. If you get up to 96, 97, you're pretty much going to be in to, for sure. So, you know, just over 500 should get the Oilers in. If they can go four or five games over 500 the rest of the way, uh, they will be in the playoffs. And, and, and even with this spurt here by Minnesota doing well, like three points doesn't seem like a lot, but then you start thinking, well, how many games do they have remaining? How many possible points they can get? Is even if they play 600 hockey, is that going to be enough to get them in? Because they're, they're already coming from behind. It's tough when you're when you're chasing uh, a position. And Minnesota's in a in a spot where if they, you know, have a six game run where they go one three and two or something like that, they're they're going to be out of it. But they are playing well lately, and full credit to them for the win tonight at Rogers Place. Okay, we had some uh, questions there about the the Oilers' salary cap. Ken Holland spoke to the media yesterday, and uh, he was asked about the Oilers' limited cap space as they approach the trade deadline well i don't it's a concern certainly the what's gone on with the injuries you know if you don't put people on lti they're on the cap so we're not you know there's you know we're not you know connor's not going on lti cleft's not going on lti Cass is is obviously suspended he's on our roster so uh, all those things do uh, impact to a degree what we're able to do yeah, and I'll tell you what, and obviously that, that, that texter KDK was, was writing in, and he brought up Chris Russell. I, I'm going to throw something out 
out here. And this is, you know, we're speculating and we're BSing about the team. And I, I, I'm just going to just say this. I wonder if a, if a player were to go on LTIR, if it would be more likely to be James Neal than anybody else. Because this is some sort of a nagging ankle foot injury. It started his day-to-day. And then he's had a setback. And then he's, you know, he's not skating. And then Holland comes out yesterday and says it's two to three weeks. Well, if it's three weeks, we're down to three weeks left in the season until he could come back. So I wonder if something like that happens in the next 56 hours before the trade deadline or whatever it's down to now. I I wonder if it it would more likely to be James Neal. Because, you know, Russell appears now to be in better shape that he actually skated with the full group today. Uh, instead of just on his own. That's usually an indication a guy is closer. Maybe not close, but closer. Neil, we're not even seeing on skates, right? So if, if he's not skating for a while, and then he has to come back in and get into game shape and make sure everything's okay, if they look at James Neal and say, okay, he's back for game 78, do they think, well, okay, do we, do we leave him on, you know, just regular injured reserve for the rest of the season? Or is there the potential there to put them on LTIR. Just just keep that in mind. And look, that's that's speculation on my part, but I'm just thinking if I had to pick a player that the Oilers would put on LTIR, I, I think it might be Neil. But that, that is something to keep in mind, and maybe, like that texture was saying, something the Oilers could do just to manipulate the cap a little bit. All right, 5-3 the Wild. Take it tonight at Rogers Place. You can get more on 630chet.com, globalnews.ca. Thanks to Brendan Escott and Kyle Morris for bringing post-game audio. Thanks to Troy Bowler, our engineer at Rogers Place. Kellen Kennedy, the producer, back at the 630 Chet Broadcasting Compound. Rob Brown's going to be back for Sunday's game against Los Angeles. That's a 6 o'clock face-off show here on 630 Chet, and that game will start at 8. Been live in Studio 99, Oilers Hockey, presented by World of Spas. Overtime open line, courtesy Heartland Ford. Have a great night. Six thirty, Chad. Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins, weekdays at six on Six Thirty, Chad.